Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at hypercleanstore.com if you want to go check out the products. Go over to the Hyperclean Specialist Group on Facebook. It's a great way to interact with both of us there. And welcome to another deep dive episode. Nick, we're deep diving into one of our most popular products. As we got coatings ranging one to five years, more coming out later as that line continues to grow. But let's do a deep dive on Hyperclean Tray. All right. First off, the most misconfusing thing that I think that, that goes around with Hyperclean Tray is that I've had Spanish for seven years. And you go, wait, how's that possible? I did take Spanish one over and over again multiple times, but even I know Trey is spelled what? T-R-E. But how many times the the mismounts pronunciation and they'll say hyperclean trace. Yeah, probably one of the biggest mispronounced words in our lineup for sure. And funny because we go, how does anybody ever think Trey goes trace? But, you know, maybe because <laughs> dose, then they just start saying trace. And if you're a listener and you go, hey, I do that. Well, this is why we do deep dive episodes to make fun yeah. of you. No, I'm sorry. We're not <laughs> making fun of you. <laughs> uh, all right. So when we think of Trey, right, uh, if everybody, you know, thinks of a coding, should it be one year? Should it be two year, three year, five year? Why is three years so important? All right, well, if the average car owner keeps their car for about six years, okay, could see something there, but more of that higher-end customer moves their car over a lot faster, right? That That is one th- reason why you go, okay, three years in hyperclean tray is perfect for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's that sweet spot, right? Uh, most people are going to do a 36-month lease, you know, something like that. Most people get bored of their car after three years. They want to trade it. Uh, we see that number kind of fluctuate from time to time, you know, from three and a half years to four and a half years ownership. That ownership number is going up now because the cost of cars, obviously. It's just a nice sweet spot. It's also a nice sweet spot for people that sell a lot of five-year coatings to kind of run a one, three, and five-year package. If you're a consumer out there, this is a way to get that elite level coding without being, you know, in the Sparta program or in somebody's, you know, pro program. So it just kind of fits a lot of different niches. You mentioned lease and that's what I was going to mention. Like I, I love putting Trey on three year leases. There's not so many of those two years anymore. Is there, there used to be some, those have kind of come a little bit more fewer and far between most people do a three year lease and you're right. It is perfect for a lease. And I've turned in a lease where the guy goes, wow, I've never seen a lease turned in like this. Like it, it does mean a lot to turn in a, a, a lease vehicle and have that paint looking pristine. Yeah. Look, you get a lot of random charges. If people don't know, if you've never leased a car or never dealt with a lease, they go over it with a fine tooth comb. They find things you're going to get docked for them. You're going to get dinged for them. Even if you're going into a new lease, they can roll that into your new lease payment is the damage from the previous car. Worst case scenario, you have to come out of pocket to return that lease because of the damaged wheels, damaged paint, damaged trim, damaged interior. Leases are a little bit more strict as times get tougher, leases get more strict. 
you only see usually people that do under three year leases are doing something like Rolls Royces, Rolls Royce calling in, you know, higher, higher and, you know, $250,000 plus, you know, vehicles and, and they're doing the two year lease. Most of us are coming across three year leases, but again, it's also in ownership. A lot of people keep their car around that three year period and it's time for them to trade in, you know, not saying everybody, but we're saying that top tier client, that top tier owner listening to this, you're going to get bored of your vehicle about three years. That just seems to be a sweet spot for, ah, it's time for me to get something new. And a business owner, right? This is a, a key person I always like to think about, or we said it multiple times, realtors, people that yeah. are always in their car on a regular basis. You know, we've had uh, salespeople that come by and stop here and they, they're training out their car on a regular basis. Like, these are prime candidates. These are people that need three years of protection. Now, what is the difference, though, of HyperClean Tray and other ceramic coatings in the market that offer a three-year protection? I'm going to go number one right off the bat is the amount of solids and what we pack in to HyperClean Tray versus others that, you know, this isn't a podcast to bash other people, but this is just about what is being packed into HyperClean Tray. Yeah, Trey is probably more in line solid-wise with what most companies call their five-year to be pretty upfront about it. I mean, that's that's just what we know from not only being installers for years, but talking to these people at things like SEMA, whatever. You start talking formula, start talking solids, talk, start talking those types of things. You realize that a lot of people, a lot of companies are doing it where you can limp your three-year coding into its third year right? Where we're thinking, how do you break through the third year, making sure the car's in as good a shape as possible? And there's also another thing that's happened around the three-year market. You'll see a lot of companies that go, this is our three to five-year coding. Well, how, how does that work? Well, it's because they have a seven-year coding. They don't want to step on that. So they just kind of thread the needle by saying, well, you can make this one last five years. It's like, well, yeah, you can make anything happen. But I think it's nice to have these stationary numbers that are very defined and you go, I know Trey lasts longer than 36 months, but let's give some facts about that. Most people that have a three year and they go, Hey, I'm going to keep this car an extra two years. Right. But I didn't put a five year coating on it. What about a lot of company? What, what do a lot of people want, Marty? Hey, I got some towel wipe marks. I got some scratches here and there in my coating. I want you to, you know, kind of freshen up my car. There's a lot of people that don't want the commitment of a five-year on their car. They did a three-year. They kept the car a little bit longer. They want something that you can go in there and kind of polish lightly, maybe reapply something like the product we're going to be releasing and reinvigorate that coating. There's just a lot of things in this market. As you kind of get away from the one and two-year and you get in three-plus years, you know, three- or five-year type territory, there's a lot of companies that try to limp things into the final year. That's why they have less solids in their program or in their coding. For us, I just I think you and I have a firm belief in just do it right from the get go and make sure that three years pretty strong can take place. And if there's any doubts of the proof of the solids, well, just leave Trey on a little too long and let it sit there. You try and fight it to get it back off and you let us know how you think uh, it compares. I mean, that is the thing about Trey as you step up out of dose into Trey is you, you got to really be careful on that removal. If you leave a high spot, you're going to have some issues, which we will go over later, 
But that is a key point when you're comparing Trey to others is, well, the amount of work it's going to take to remove it. And you can't leave it sitting on for some people like, hey, leave, you know, leave the coating on for six hours and come back and you can still wipe it down just fine. No, you leave a tray on beyond the, the flash and the harden and you're you're going to leave yourself a lot of work. And there goes into another one, right? You, you don't have to work as much since it's a single layer. I'm surprised how many coating companies are still pushing a multi-layer three-year type of product. It, it's crazy to me. Yeah. No, I mean, technology is beyond that. And what people don't know, just in our short time together, we're on a second version of Trey that we never really talked about publicly, right? We've worked on Trey. We kept Trey uh, in our sights of how do we make it more friendly to install? How do we, when things get more humid or more hot, how do we give people a little bit more time to work with the product? There's a lot of coding companies that don't have that mindset. Hey, we got our product. That version's our version. That's why you still see the multi-layer. I used to install for two companies that were multi-layer, as you know. I know you've installed for those types of companies and played with those coatings. And I've always kind of hated the fact of, well, this three-year coating's really good, but if you top it with this other thing, then it's actually what it's supposed to be. And it's like, well, just get up to speed with the chemistry world and make it a single layer. They just still haven't done that. Lots of coating companies haven't done that. And, and again, Trey's not something to be scared of. You know, that's the other thing we need to get. You know, you, you talk about high spots and you talk about this, but if you've gone through the HyperClean system and you've learned Uno, you've worked with DOS a little bit, by the time you get to Trey, it's not rocket science, okay? But if you don't do a little bit of work and, and, and a little bit of, you know, effort to get better at installing coatings and coming up with a good installation system, then what's going to happen to you? you're going to get to tray or you're going to get to any high solid coating and you're going to have real trouble, but there's nothing to be scared about if you've gone through the steps of, Hey, let me just ease into this world. And then by the time, you know, you've done 10 times you've used dose by the time you jump to tray, it's not something to be worried about. You just need to be a little bit more mindful. That's all. Good point. Going through our system. Agreed. Absolutely. For people, though, that have used others and then try and hop over to Trey is a little bit of alarming when they're having to come remove a high spot because it does take a little bit more work. You know, and let's let's go over that for a second. When when you do leave a high spot and let's let's clarify a high spot, maybe for some people like you, you've you've gone, you've you've done your wipes, everything. You've gone to the next panel, the next panel and you come back and you see a little bit still there. Okay, that could be in the form of a shadow, or it could be in the form of, hey, full-on chemical that you left straight on the, the clear coat. And, and when you need to come back and remove it, right, your first go-to is to reapply coating, right? That's yep. your number one, right? Explain your number one, how you go first. Yeah, reactivation is what I call it. I'm sure that's what most people call it. And, and so I go right over the high spot with a lot of product on my applicator. I am putting an excessive amount of product on that spot through my applicator. I'm not wiping a little bit. I'm trying to load it up. Now, why am I trying to load it up? Well, there's a theory, and it works sometimes, as you know. This is a 50-50 shot. That's what this is. I've made a mistake. I need to try to think of the easiest then to the hardest ways I have to fix. The easiest way is sometimes what can happen is – 
you left the high spot, you caught it quick enough. So it had like, this would, this would be really prevalent now in the winter time, right? Curing times are a little bit longer in the winter time. So maybe it hasn't fully started to set up and really take hold and be tough to remove. I'm going to take a lot of product over that one specific spot that I see the high spot. And I'm going to layer a thick layer on there that hopefully if I get lucky, are you going to work it in? No, you say I don't work it. Like, I just, like, just apply just it just how you apply sit. it. Yeah, just apply it and let it sit. Okay. Because I've put an excessive amount of product on top of this 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 high spot. What I'm hoping happens is the solvents that I just applied back down to the surface will reactivate the coating beneath, which is the high spot, right? And then when I go and level that new layer, everything comes off together. Okay. And the high spot's gone. I want to reiterate, this is a 50-50 shot. It's going to work or it's not going to work. Don't do it 20 times. The 20th time is not helping you any more than the first time. <laughs> this is a 50-50 flip of the coin. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And so that would be my first trying to get rid of a high spot move. And that would be with anybody's coding, by the way. That would be my first move with anyone's coding system. I I've worked with enough coding systems. You have too. This was always the first way of like, let me take a flyer here and see if I can make this work. Now, number two, I'm going to add some uh, little H2O to a microfiber towel. And I'm going to take it in. And and then I am going to try and work. I'm going to try to get that water to kind of, this is a weird word to say because there's no water in the formula, but people can kind of understand once I say it, you're going to try and dilute down what is there on the paint right? Water's not going to dilute it in theory, but the idea is still prevalent that I can put water on there and begin to uh, let the water break apart in a sense, because yeah. you can't get the coating wet too quickly or else it does break apart. So dilute is not the right, but it's still no, the just same think of theory. like oil and water don't mix, right? Just think of that. Like the oil and water don't mix if you put them in a bottle, right? They kind of fight each other. So you're trying to get the water to fight that high spot. Okay, you're trying to get the water to kind of break down that high spot. It's again, as you know, that's another 50-50 type of, you know, play you can make. You know, that's the early plays you make are those 50-50 Hail Marys and go, I wonder if I can get this to work. If you can do that, then, you know, yours is, yours is a 50-50 just like mine's a 50-50. You can try both of them, right? But you got to understand where this all may end up is where we don't want it to end up, which is compound and polish. Or, you know, what I would prefer to do is to take 3,000 grit sandpaper and scuff that area before I went in there and tried to chop it down with a compound and, and polish. Me personally, because I have the skill set to do that. If somebody is goes, well, hold on a second, I'm not pulling out sandpaper. All good. Yep. Then don't, right? So... Yep. I'm with you. I think a lot of the more of the elite, more of the guys have been doing a while. Like, yeah, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense right there. Stop trying to fight through the other steps. Just skip to the end and just let's get handled. Uh, if we are not able to do sanding yet, you know, there is the theory I should start with minimal first. Don't go straight to compound, but just go and see if some polish on a towel will move it. We'll compound on a towel. Most times you get to those two, rubbing it in, uh, you can usually get them out. If that doesn't work, the final ones are, okay, I got to go get the machine, 
and I got to yep. do a DA and I've got to try and figure it out that way. Yeah, no, it's all great advice. And and we kind of went least aggressive this whole time first, right? Reapplication, uh, water on a towel to see if you can get it to break itself up. Uh, then, you know, a little polish on a towel, little compound on a towel. Now to the machine. If I go to machine me personally, that's when 3000 grit sandpaper is usually the answer. And what you're doing is just scuffing the area, breaking off that top layer. Then by the time, a lot of times, if you have a good one step system that you can really do a lot of correction on, you don't really have to just use compound and a cutting pad. When my way, you can do a really nice thorough, you know, what you would call that medium pad, medium polish, go in, chop it down because the sandpaper kind of did the work. And remember, I said 3000 grit. I didn't say 1500. I said very lightly sand that off, not go down to the base coat and, you know, to the metal. Uh, I know people here sanding, they get a little bit, you know, out in the weeds. I promise I'm just basically sanding the high spot and scuffing it up. All right. So we're, we've got a machine in our hands, supposedly. We're thinking through it, right? Then I know the next question people are going to ask because it's becoming gaining more and more traction, even though we kind of really started talking about it years and years and years ago, people are now finally starting 23 to 24, starting to talk about, do you need to correct before coding? Now, when it comes to tray, we are both going to predominantly say, yes, you should absolutely do some type of correction before you put on tray. Now, what that level of correction in is going to have some variables between if that's a customer to, you know, uh, to a vendor, to, you know, a detailer, if it's my own vehicle, the color of the vehicle, the year of the vehicle, right? You got a lot of different variables that are in there. How does the paint look? How's it appear? All that stuff. But we can boil down the question to just go, almost a yes or no, do I do paint correction before I put on tray? Yeah, no question about it. And there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, when you have a coating that you want to last three or five years, you don't want somebody, yourself, if it's your car or a customer, to be unhappy with what's underneath the coating because now you've kind of locked in three and five years worth of protection. That's, that's number one. Number two, you have an oxidation issue. Even on new cars, you have this issue. When I'm really trying to get something to last three to five years, I need to kind of remove that superficial layer of oxidation that happens the minute that a paint a car comes out of the paint booth, that comes out of the paint system at the factory. You know, you get a Range Rover, it gets on a boat, it gets on a truck, it gets to my customer with one and a half miles. If they want to put a three-year coating on the car, there's been oxidation. And again, it's all superficial oxidation, but it can't exactly be removed without some type of light machine polishing at the least, right? And so at the end of the day, when we're trying to get something to last a year, we have a ton of flexibility. Even when we're trying to get something to last two years, we have a ton of flexibility. But you start talking about you want something to last three to five years, you got to remember your flexibility goes away a little bit. There's some things you have to do to make sure that you're giving it the best surface to adhere to because you are trying to get something to last for a pretty considerable amount of time. Okay. So we got some YouTube videos as a lot of people have been in watching more and more and they're asking for different ones. Trey is one and the application of Trey that is coming out very soon. Uh, should be out within probably a month. I, I would guess when I'm thinking about that lineup yeah. sometime in February, you'll see the application of Trey visually but 
visually impaired here is audio. <laughs> so yeah. we're all audio in this moment. You can watch the video later, but in the audio deep dive, let's discuss how we apply tray. And we got to start with the applicator, the towels, and that part. We'll get into the rest in a second. So definitely using the saver applicator. Walk us through the towel system. Yeah, so we have a low pile towel and then a, then a dense high pile towel, not what, what I would call loose fiber high, you know, uh, type of towel that's, that's high GSM. I think those are very, very inhibitive, uh, prohibitive, excuse me, to getting a good result. So we have a leveler, we have a versatile. If you want to have an intermediate towel because it makes you feel better to do three wipes, that's, that's your, your call. But I think you've seen the way I've seen the way you've done it. We're going to start really simply here. The, the, the saver applicator needs to be loaded up. Lay the coating on thick. There's two reasons. It's going to bond better. But the second reason is the thicker I lay it on, the more friendly it is to me as a user. So instead of jumping over that $100 bill to get to a nickel trying to save something, you know what you should do? It's really simple. Just do it properly so it's more friendly to you. Okay? And it's going to get a better bond. The more product I get on there and more it fills in the pores of the paint system, the better everything is in the end. So it's simple. Shrink your size down if you've been using Uno and Dose or if you're a long time, you know, want to jump into being a tray user. It's really simple. Just work in a smaller area for a while, about shoulder width apart. You know, let's call it a, a quarter of the hood instead of half the hood at a time. Okay. Depending on what size the vehicle is. Slow down a little bit. Pay attention a little more. When you get into these high solid coatings, the one thing you've trained tons of people, employees, people that have come to trainings, people get all the way at the end of this eight-hour process and they want to speed up while applying the coating. This is the time to put some, some AirPods in, some earbuds in, chill out, work a little slower, make sure you're laying it on thick. You've already done all the hard work. Don't make the coating hard on yourself and don't rush this part of the process. Yeah. Don't overthink it is one one too. Like a lot of people just overthink it too much and they're just like, you know, just yeah. relax, relax. And if you'll put enough on, it gives you more of that relaxed working time. Here's the next question we'll hear. Oh, well, how much do I use? All right. So once again, go to the video and you'll see us how much we're dipping out. But at the end, I would say you need at least to have used about 20 milliliters if you're on a car, 30 if you're on a larger SUV. I've been known with no worries at all to put a full 50 mil bottle on an SUV or a truck. I want to make sure I get plenty of product out on the car. Yeah, I. this is probably the time that you get the most frustrated with the questions because I can tell within five seconds, a team member or somebody asking us a question doesn't matter. I go, how much of the bottles left? Well, almost all of it. I'm like, something happened here. Okay. So when you use coding and especially when you use coding from us, it's designed for on average, you're going to use about 25 to 30 milliliters on across the board, across vehicles you work on. Because you're going to get some cars, you're going to get some mid-sized SUVs, you're going to get some trucks and some larger SUVs. You should be using 25 to 30 milliliters on average. Again, what that means is, like you said, on a 
sports car, you might use 20. But then you have a dually come in and you might use 35 or 40, right? So we're saying this a lot in videos on our YouTube channel now, and I know that I'm probably the one guilty of it. Assess the car or truck or SUV that you're working on. If I'm working on a Suburban, and I think I'm going to use 20 milliliters on a Suburban when the roof is a mile long, and there's all kinds of painted panels that are a mile long, I don't have the right mindset going into that. And so if I start to see that I've worked three large panels and I got a ton of coating left, I got to go, am I using any? Maybe I didn't lay it on thick enough right? Like we have to get better, all of us as installers, as consumers, as whatever, don't jump over the $100 bill to get to the nickel. Put a lot of coating on your car, make it easier on yourself, and make sure that you get enough coating on there that when you step back, you go, damn, look at the gloss. Then you wash it the first time a couple weeks later, you go, wow, look at that behavior. There is a distinct difference to people that do it the right way and that do it cutting a corner. And I can tell you it's very noticeable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if you're not putting enough on, then it does determine the flash and it determines all the removal on the all everything. It becomes almost a snowball effect. So when we're thinking flash, the question's gonna be, well, how long's the flash? Right? What is the flash like? You know, similar to the rest of our coating system you're going to see the flash with the beads. You're going to see it form into beads and lines. And then how long does it take is going to be varied on temperature, humidity, all that stuff. But you can look for the beads and that's the time to go through and do the leveling process. After the leveling process, you have a little bit more time, right? Where the product sits for a second and then you come back and you finish with the Versatile. Now, here's the next one. Some people that will say on their three-year coating, then you got to top it. Hmm. Yeah, no need to top hyperclean tray at all. That's a complete warning word. In 2024, if that's not a warning word to you that you're using the wrong system, I can't help you. Like you, you, you can't be in this topper world. And let me tell you what the basic reality of that is because you and I were there when this was the only way to put a coating on. A, it signifies old technology right off the bat, because that was around in 2009 in some parts of the world previous to 2009. So you're using pretty old technology. And the reason is, is because they didn't, we didn't have the technology to put the base coat and the top coat in the same bottle. So you would lay a base coat. And I know you remember this and it was pretty sticky. When you were wiping it off, it'd be pretty sticky. And then the second coat would come on and that would provide your slickness, right? And it would bond to that base coat and that would be the two layer system. I was with a company, multiple companies that, that have two-layer systems. They're still selling them today. I couldn't imagine. And some of the stories were being shared by people switching over to Sparta and Trey. I can't imagine what people are still dealing with. A multiple-layer system is nothing more than an outdated technology. And it is far outdated, right? We're talking 10-plus years outdated. No matter what anybody tells you, there is no reason for a multi-layer system to get a three-year coating onto your car. That that much is a fact. Is that what you love most about Trey? What, what is it? What is it that you love most about Trey? For me, I'm a steal. I'm a steal. Since you didn't jump in, that means you had to think about it. So I didn't want you to take mine. There mine is, and you know the story because I called you when it happened. I was at a detail shop 
And the guy was like, hey, man, come check out this graphene, this new elevated experience, this new amazing thing. And I go, okay. But the application and removal was so terrible and the finish was so grabby that I just kind of looked at the guy and I was like, what? Really? You know, like, so to me, the favorite thing for me that I love about Trey is that instant gratification. I, I got to put it on, wipe it off. And once I'm done and I come back and I feel, I know not everybody likes to feel pain, but okay, use a towel and you can feel the slickness already start. Wait a little bit longer. And boy, it really starts to harden out. And that slickness to me, that instant gratification, I love it. That to me is my favorite part. Yeah, I love that one. I think for me, actually, is just how easy it is. You know, mm. I don't want to deter people from using it. It's really easy to use for what you're getting. Again, if somebody is telling you they have a three-year, five-year, ten-year, and it's, you know, you can put it on and you can do the whole car or half the car and you can come back, I, I wouldn't deal with that because I know what needs to go into a coating to make sure it lasts and it's chemical resistant to a level and it's, it's, it's got a hardness to it. It's got a protective element on the level I want. So for me, coming from all the years you and I put in coating cars when it was miserable, I think just being able to grab a three year that I go, I can literally like not pay attention because I've done so many and just go, it's a breeze for me. And I never worry about high spots. Of course, I can make a mistake like anybody, but our process is pretty dialed in. I, I can coat a car pretty stress-free with a three-year robust coating that most companies are, are, are doing with their five-year on our level of solids on our three-year. I, I think that's the winner to me. And, wow. and again, the slickness and all that stuff, that goes with it. But for me, me personally, I want to reiterate three plus years of, of, of durability and this ease of installing compared to what is really out there and what's going on with other systems. I'll always vote for that. Cool. So we've applied it. How long do we wait to wash it? What is maintenance of HyperClean tray like? You know, what do we recommend goes on it? Sort of kind of finishes up the questions that, that we get on a regular basis. So, you know, we're thinking dry cure time for HyperClean tray. You know, it's it's a week, one to two weeks. It's going to be dependent on heat and temperature, right? So, you know, if it's in the winter, I, I'd wait the full two weeks, especially now. You know, you get your yeah. car coated now here in the Midwest through the North. I mean, we're here in temperatures of <laughs> freezing. So, yeah. you know, if you coat it now, no problem, but give it the full two weeks. But if it's summertime, you can be done in a week. Yeah, I, I would say this. When you get to Trey and Sparta, I'd probably always do the full two weeks no matter what. Just have a rule for yourself. You know, Uno's a much faster curing coating. Dose is much faster. You start to get into Trey and Sparta, just keep the two weeks. Yeah, that's smart. When it's in, yeah. when it's in the winter, especially some of the upper Midwest, the Northeast that, that, you know, see really low temperatures. You're in Canada, those types of places. I might extend that out to three weeks. Doesn't mean that the coating's not cured. I just would like the peace of mind. That's all. You know, sometimes I just do the overkill and say, okay, you know, I can wait a minute here. You know, anyway, it's nasty outside. It's ugly outside. I just kind of want to, I'll wait a minute. 
right? So, okay, we're not supposed to top it, but there's some people say, hey, you should put a spray to protect it from that stuff that you just talked about as being outside so it doesn't get on the coating while it's trying to cure. Mm, I think that's a little bit misguided, mm. uh, in my opinion, because the last thing I want to do is go in there and start touching the coating myself. There's some things in the elements you're not going to get away, you know, away from, and you don't have control over there. But if you think you're going to put a product, any kind of water-based product on a recently applied coating and it's going to do all this work for you, I don't think that's how, how it actually works. And we know it doesn't. So put the coating on, let the world be the world. None of us live in a perfect world. Sometimes you're going to take tray out of your shop or out of your garage if you're a prosumer and you're going to get adverse weather and you got to drive your car or you got to get it back to the customer. It is what it is. I wouldn't worry about it. But before I induced anything into the car, I would just have the wait time just just for my peace of mind. And again, there's a lot of people that want to make it more difficult than I do a lot of things when I detail a car, like not using improper chemicals for my peace of mind, not out of the right and the wrong, but I just like having the peace of mind. I'm not burning a wheel. I like to have the peace of mind that I didn't do something. So that is an often underrated reason of why to do things is sometimes it's just nice peace of mind that I didn't actually do something that has adverse effects. All right. We got to wash it though. Two weeks, three weeks, two years. At some point in time, we're washing the car. How are yep. we going to maintain hyper clean tray? Are we not supposed to really touch it with anything that's, uh, you know, people are like, Oh, don't do that. Well, is that a, is that a thing? Or it's pretty safe and we can kind of put whatever we want on it. Well, I don't think you can put whatever you want on anything. Uh, I think there's better ways to do things, right? So do you. Uh, if the car is relatively clean and well-maintained, you're foam washing it and, you know, apply some slick or some spray coat every time you, as a drying aid, call, call it a day, right? The, the only time you really get into a question of what, I, what should I do, I coated my truck, I had a crazy work schedule, family schedule for a month. It's gotten pretty beat up. What should I do? That's why we formulated HyperClean Cleanse. Throw some cleanse on there. Get the thing back to life. You need a little bit more bite out of that soap because there's times you're going to need more bite out of the soap, right? There's going to be times you went on that road trip, as we talk about in, in videos now. You're going to need some bite. You know, you're going to maybe need to use some TRX around, around, along the bottom because you've really let it go. Don't be scared of that stuff. This is this is pH. I mean, it, it is really chemical resistant, okay? You don't need to fear chemicals in the pH level other than from a safety perspective of you don't want to etch up the coating because you sprayed something with, that was high, high alkaline in the middle of the summer right in the sun right? That's the only thing you're worried about, but you're not worried about it affecting the coating. And that's why cleanse has more of a bite to it. So that may be the time you use cleanse. You know, I personally, if my cars go longer than a couple of weeks without seeing a wash, I'm going right to cleanse anyway. I'll just take the extra bite because it went beyond what I think is acceptable to use a pH neutral soap. Is it overkill? Sure it is. Sure it is. But again, it's a peace of mind thing. Do I know that the coating's worn off because the hydrophobics go down? Is that part of maintenance? What's this thing called clogging? Like, what is what does all that come into play? Yeah, this is a great question. Number one, if you have any anybody's coating that, that that's ever been applied, 
you go to wash it randomly after six months and you go, this isn't acting the way I thought it would act, right? Something's happened here. Most of the time that's neglect, truthfully. Other times is something has happened. Somebody's painted a house, you know, near your driveway and you have all kinds of, of, of you know, paint dots all over that you can't visually see. But when you start to look closer, you're like, oh, what are, what are those tiny little dots? You have contamination. So you may be in a situation that you don't have a choice but to lightly clay that surface because the water's not even hitting the coating. Somebody painted a house next to yours and you didn't know that your car got hit with, you know, overspray from somebody painting their house. That happens all the time, by the way. That's why we always bring that up. It well, happens. A lot, of, a lot of places where they got tree sap and certain times yeah. it blows all over cars and it's like, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. And you'll, you'll see this a lot with pollen and rain. Uh-huh. Heavy pollen season, it rains, the pollen gets really sticky. Somebody uses a pH neutral soap, it doesn't cut through that grime, and they're going, what's happening here? Well, what's happening is you didn't actually clean off something that was very, very abrasive, tough, you know, something that you just didn't think about. And so that's where, again, if I'm using a pH neutral soap and it's not acting how it's supposed to, I'm going to cleanse. If I cleanse it, the hydrophobics haven't come back. I'm probably looking for water spots at that point. Do I have minerals on the surface that I didn't see and I haven't been looking for? Uh, then I'm fuego. Did I get some iron contamination? You'll see this a lot behind the front driver wheels and you know the back wheels and things like that along the bottom of the car. Maybe your brakes started to fail and you don't know and it's spitting off a lot of iron and it's clogged that part of the coating. Do a fuego bath, so to speak. There's just going to be times that you have embedded contamination from something like you talked about. Uh, could be tree sap, could be somebody painted lines on a parking lot, you know, at your office that you didn't know about. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you got some overspray. If you have to clay, you have to clay or you have to live with it. And you got to say, hey, I don't want to clay and mar up the surface. That's what I think I'll do. Then you got to live with it and know that the coating's under there, but know that you're not going to get the hydrophobic behavior, Right. So all of these things come into play, and it's a great question about when a coding isn't acting how I want it to act, I got to go through the assessment process. I can't just jump to, this coding doesn't work how I thought it would. Something could have happened that you didn't even know about. If you're sitting in your office for eight hours, and you can't see the parking lot, and you don't pay attention, you may know, not known somebody was out there painting lines all day and getting overspray all over your car because it was a windy day. Happens every day. Happens in Tulsa every day. Happens in Vegas every day. Happens all the time, right? So you got to really start to assess what's going on before you start freaking out and have those processes that you can go through that can hopefully help you rid it of that, of that contamination. And all of a sudden the coating looks healthy again and it's water behaviors back to normal and things like that. All right. Another great deep dive. This one was into HyperClean Tray our three-year ceramic coating. Once again, more information, just go straight to hypercleanstore.com. If you want to see the application video coming out soon on YouTube, hyperclean store on YouTube. We'll see everybody next time, Nick. All right, guys.